0: All right. Hello and welcome to Doc to Me, where we watch documentaries, drink, and then discuss them. I'm Heather, and I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering 2015's Making a Murderer. It is a Netflix documentary directed by Laura Ricciardi. It's Italian, <laughs> and more Demos, and tells the story of stephen Avery, who served 18 years in prison for a wrongful conviction, and is later convicted in 2007 for the murder of Teresa Halbach.
1: It was only 10 years ago. I
0: know. First off, I do not remember this being so long the first time I watched it.
1: It's because we were so into it. Like, it was a thing. And I found myself getting sucked back in again.
0: We were so much younger. No, damn it. I know. I only had one kid at the time. I had time for stuff like that. (gasps) So we're only covering the first season of this one. Maybe we'll eventually cover the other one. I don't know. I found it kind of boring.
1: I feel like it just—it's
0: too much at one time. Yeah, it
1: just—it faded. Like I, I was so into. I remember like so, just that first season, like when it first came out, and like I'd be like, one more episode, one more episode.
0: Now it's like, eh.
1: And now it's like, oh, there's another episode.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, This week, we're only going to go over the first four episodes because there's so much that happens. It's a lot. Uh, The second part of it released in 2018. And, yeah, I just thought it was kind of boring. Didn't change my mind on anything.
1: The problem is that I have one opinion And then I watched the documentary, and it, like, fucks my mind. And I'm like, ooh, that does sound suspicious. Hmm." But you
0: also have to remember how biased this is. It is. is. It's so biased so biased that
1: even after watching it the first time, and then, like, having my mind made up completely up until I watched it again, watching it
0: that second time, I was like... Next week at the end... I was putting on my tinfoil hat, I swear to God. Next week at the end, I will go over some things that they conveniently left out of this. Oh, I remember those things. (laughs) I remember. Uh, I will start off and say that I think he is guilty. I do not think Brendan is guilty.
1: 100% agree with that. But I swear to God,
0: watching the documentary, (laughs) I'm just like,
1: I think the brother did it.
0: But even saying this i do believe the cops also planted evidence oh that is absolutely
1: 1000 percent. those cops were shady as fuck like watching them on the stands like there's plenty they're of, so
0: squirrely there's plenty of cases where cops plant evidence it's not out of the ballpark to say that yeah they could have planted it but right. he could also be guilty at the same time
1: exactly that is entirely a thing you can do it maybe they don't have a full case and they just kind of make some shit up as they go along
0: so the first season premiered on netflix on december eighteenth, two 2015 i think it was i I do remember like christmas nothing going on you don't want to deal with family and just sitting and watching this dude
1: i was like powering through that shit
0: (laughs) it was filmed over the course of 10 years with the filmmakers moving back and forth from new york city to wisconsin during filming I didn't know this part to promote the series Netflix released the first episode concurrently on YouTube and on Netflix, which has not been done for any other programming. I don't ever remember that.
1: I don't remember that being a thing. But Maybe that's how they got
0: everyone hooked. And it seems crazy because who doesn't have Netflix or at least access to a Netflix account?
1: You got a brother's cousin's sister's wife. Like
0: my parents have access to it. My sister has access to mine, like... (laughs) I don't know someone who doesn't have one. So this won several awards, including four Primetime Emmy Awards. Um, In 2015, when this came out, there was a petition started for the White House to pardon Avery and it garnered more than 500,000 signatures, which is hilarious because the president has no power to pardon a state criminal.
1: Hey, not everyone paid
0: attention to the government, you know. And also, the opening theme music sounds like if someone someone listened to Game of Thrones song once and then was like, "Yeah, I can recreate this." <laughs> <laughs> like even the first couple of notes, I was like, "Oh, this is Game of Thrones." Okay, you have to you
1: have to listen and watch the intro at least one time, <laughs> and
0: then after that, you can skip every other. Yeah. Well, unless you can't reach your phone in time or something to hit the button. Oh, God. No, you got to have that ready. Like, you have to be ready to skip every second. I get distracted and forget. So, episode one, we start off with Stephen Avery being released from prison after nearly 18 years. He was exonerated with the aid of the Innocence Project. DNA in this case, which at this point we know nothing about, matched to another man. About a year after this, he files a $36 million lawsuit against Manitowoc County and several county officials, and he showed up in style, wearing that sweet Dodge Ram jacket. (laughs) It was nice. (laughs) So, Stephen says he has no idea why Sheriff Tom Couric would pick him to bully and blame for this crime, except according to Stephen, the only thing I can think of is I ran my cousin off the road. Which... I'm just going to come out and say it seems like a big thing. Yeah, so you have no idea why they would assume you had anything to do with a violent crime when you've already committed a violent crime. Okay, fine. We'll give them that. Yeah. We meet Sandra Morris, his cousin. There's a lot of family members in there. A lot of cousins, brothers. They mention brothers, but you never see them. It's. Yeah, he has a huge family. For they just, need a family tree like wonderful whites they really do they
1: really do i wish that i had found one online to like print out and reference because they're just like and i didn't realize that brendan had so many siblings Mm -hmm. i'm just like holy fuck
0: uh yeah so sandra morris's cousin who lets us know about another complaint against stephen this time for indecent exposure from september 20th 1984 I guess Sandra was driving past his house and he stopped in front of her car to masturbate.
1: It was kind of, yeah, they weren't 100% clear on
0: what the penis was doing or like what, what was. She made it seem like he was masturbating, which, you know, that's what you do. You hunt down a cousin while they're driving past.
1: Yeah. My whole thing
0: is like, why is he doing this to family? couple of minutes later we find out he also has three charges of burglary you know just driving around with friends and deciding to break into a bar and st- the list of stuff they stole. I laugh. I to keep pausing it because they don't say it they're just showing like police reports I think he got so, like twelve dollars and quarters you're, you're cutting him a little short so they stole this was what I could see they stole some beef sticks fourteen dollars and quarters oh a red tool box, two six-packs of Bud. Cheese two s- sandwiches. Two six-packs of Paps and two cheese sandwiches from a refrigerator in the back of the bar, which I hope wasn't someone's lunch. I've had my lunch stolen at work before and it which makes it you want to punch somebody.
1: Those were probably good cheese sandwiches, too. And a
0: quote-unquote, another mistake he made was when a bunch of friends were hanging out and were fooling around with a cat, and his friends were egging him on, and he tossed it over a fire. I've drank too much, and I've smoked too much because friends has me on, but I've never never a fucking animal never. on fire. And on. not even just a
1: random cat. It was family his pet. family pet. Like, I have so. made mistakes in my life while drinking <laughs> and doing other stuff, but I have never
0: killed a cat so this adds a charge of animal cruelty to its record so even if he's exonerated from that first major crime he's not a great dude
1: no there's just some killing p- an
0: animal is like part of the mcdonald triad like yeah.
1: <laughs> kind of fucked it. up i feel like even if like even if all of all this stuff aside dude's a fucking dick he killed yeah. a cat yeah what the cat do to you
0: so another cousin, Kim Ducat, 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 I don't know.
1: Ducati. Kim Ducat,
0: Ducati. <laughs> Ducati. Kim Ducat is being interviewed and says that Stephen always owns up to everything he did wrong. Breaking into a bar and murder are two totally different things. Just because you admit to burglary doesn't mean you're going to admit to murder. No. Like, Jesus. Like, a little, little stronger punishment, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So, in 1982, at the age of 19, Stephen meets and marries Lori Matheson. She's a single mother from Manitowoc. And, of course, the picture of their house featured an ATV just sitting right in front. Oh, yeah. Lori already has a son, and when she gives birth to a daughter, Stephen isn't there for it because he was locked up for the cat incident, the quote-unquote incident cat murder so you have a pregnant wife at home with your adopted son and you decide to get drunk with buddies pour oil and gas on a pet cat and set it on fire because that's what he did yeah. he poured accelerant on the cat it yeah. wasn't just tossing yeah, yeah it. he
1: wasn't just like flinging a cat and it just like oh oops it caught on fire no he fucking deliberately well,
0: according to the report his friends might have thrown the cat in the bonfire but he admitted to pouring accelerant on the fucking cat he's an idiot if nothing else
1: We'll but establish that they're <laughs> not the brightest apples.
0: He did see his other daughter's birth, and he seemed very proud of that. And he had a good life until the trouble started. These were his words. He's already had several items on his record, but it's been a good life.
1: He had a nice childhood.
0: January 1985, Stephen is upset at his cousin, Sandra Morris, for telling people about the masturbation incident. And he also had sex on his lawn.
1: Yeah, that was that's another one of them. Something about like he would—they would do it in the daylight or whatever when all the on neighbors. On <laughs>
0: oh, <my laughs> I don't understand that. So anyway, he's warming up his car, sees her driving down the road, so he goes after her. Like knocks, any
1: sane person would do. Kind of
0: knocks into her car, which is a logical thing to do on an icy road because it's January. The chances of it being icy are like high a thousand in Wisconsin. percent. yeah. <laughs> he's lucky she didn't crash into a ditch or a tree or something and die so he gets out with the gun and points it at her it's okay though because the gun wasn't loaded which i'm sure she knew yeah the shells were at home how is she supposed to fucking know that he was hoping that this would stop her from spreading rumors about him because
1: that's a good way to shut down someone's like doing
0: something crazy against her. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> but guess what sandra's married to a fucking sheriff's deputy <laughs> like, how stupid can you be? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure the previous rumors ended now that anyone can talk about it, is how you pulled a gun on your cousin slash sheriff's deputy's wife. It does trump masturbation. And Stephen's old lawyer, Risa Evans, that they kind of interview, she's a piece of work. She was like, she immediately went to file a report and minimized her role in it and maximize his, which... He pointed a fucking gun. He ran her off the road
1: and pointed a gun at her. I feel like that is the larger
0: role in all of this. So he's charged with endangering safety regardless of life. And oh, a felon in possession of a firearm. Why do you have a gun? Because of course. This fucking lawyer, she's trying to defend him saying oh he has an iq of 70 and doesn't know how to handle situations well which fine i could understand that with the her car but he's a felon with a gun my seven-year-old
1: also doesn't know how to handle like certain situations well she's never pulled a gun on
0: anyone yeah, no, i don't think so so while he's out on bail awaiting trial his wife gives birth to twin boys So now he's got four kids with Lori plus her son from a previous relationship. Five kids. That's a lot of children. Yeah. This poor woman has five fucking kids to deal with and this idiot. We get to January 29th, 1985. Penny Burnson and her husband went to the beach on Lake Michigan. About three in the afternoon, Penny's jogging north along the lake and passes a person wearing a black leather jacket. On a beach. In the summer. I not see somebody wishes at all. In the summer, a black leather jacket in the summer. Um, I'm calling the cops. I know the beach. It might be a little windy. It might be a little cooler, but not leather jacket. <laughs> cool. They exchange some pleasantries, and on her way back, she spots the same guy. He's just standing in her path, so she gets creeped out and runs towards the water. He grabs her and drags her into some nearby woods. He beats her, attempts to rape her, and then just leaves her for dead. After she's taken to the hospital, Sandra Morris's friend Judy Uh, Dvorak—it's D-V-O-R-A-K—I think it was Dvorak. Dvorak. Yeah, Dvorak. Dvorak. Uh, She's the deputy assigned to go to the hospital, and apparently this matters because when Penny is describing the attackers. Judy notes that it sounds like Stephen Avery, which sounds like the wrong thing to be doing during an investigation. Yeah, yeah, you don't say it to the victim. But Judy lives across the street from Stephen and is friends with her co-worker's wife. I don't see how they're trying to tie this as a conspiracy. Like, they're out to get Stephen. She picked him to go after. Like, she lives across the street from him. She knows him. She knows his past. I mean, he does... There's other incidents they don't bring up in this, but yeah, he does have a violent past. Uh, yeah, he got a record. He's shown violence against women. Why his name wouldn't come up anyway as a suspect. I mean, that's just common sense.
1: Yeah, and I, and I do think that he, in some ways, did look very similar yeah. to the suspect.
0: Anyway, Penny signs off on her statement, even though her vision is blurry and she couldn't read it. This I have, do have a problem with.
1: Yeah, like, oh, just sign it anyway. <laughs> like, that let the woman should not recover. Have
0: happened. I'll give that one to Steven. They show a composite drawing of Steven to Penny Burnson, and she says that, yeah, it's him. So they present her with a photo lineup that features his photo from a previous arrest, and again she picks him. We both know we know enough about crime stuff that you can't depend on photo lineups, like they are not reliable at all. No,
1: no. And and when you think about it, like when you're in a situation like that where like holy fucking
0: shit So much happens to you, yeah, eyewitnesses are not reliable. Like you're
1: you're not gonna be able to, you know, really focus on a hundred percent like and be able to pick that person out. Like it's traumatizing. Yeah.
0: This has nothing to do with this case, but it's also they've done studies like picking other races is even worse. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know why they still will base entire things on eyewitness.
1: Bro, in a restaurant ordering food, I have a hard time remembering which waitress is mine. You're gonna like put me (laughs) in a situation where I feel like I'm going to be killed. Yeah. And I'm fighting to like not be assaulted. I'm going to have an even harder time remembering which waitress is mine
0: so regardless it's very suggestive to present a composite drawing of a person to someone and then have them pick out someone out of a photo lineup when you've already seen this one even though it's a drawing you still because they showed the photo lineup and there's like people with short hair and it's yeah
1: they literally took his like arrest photo and made a drawing of it and then showed it to her like, of course they're going to turn around and pick the same photo that the drawing was.
0: But then, based on her statement, Steven doesn't even match the description of the assailant.
1: Yeah, she says he has brown eyes.
0: Yeah, this whole case I will give to Stephen. He definitely was fucked over. My problem, though, is the defense then arguing that the photo from Steven's previous arrest looked nothing like how he looked the day of the attack, which I laughed at. He looked the same. It's obviously the same guy. The older photo, his hair is just standing up. And in the current photo, his hair just looked a little longer and was laying flat. It's silly. Yeah. It was obviously it the same It was just like wild guy. hair, slightly less wild hair. But you know what? What do we know? They were out to get him. He's charged with attempted first degree murder and second degree sexual assault and denied bail because of his past record and is sort of kept away from his lawyer. The Burnsons are very involved with the community, so the sheriff is really treating this as high priority, which be, might be why they immediately just went after him. They knew it was something they could handle very quickly, and they can look good. His cousin, Kim, is like, they charged him because he's an Avery. But if you pay attention to his uncle, Arlen Avery, under his name, it says he was a deputy with Manitowoc County Sheriff
1: Department. Yeah, I that was... <laughs> that they didn't yeah.
0: they, they kind of glossed it over I think yeah like, <laughs> like how do you say they're only after us because we're Avery's but you but have in, somebody in the department cop? <laughs> uh, during the same time another violent offender was in the same area by the name of Gregory Allen he was such a problem that the Manitowoc City Police Department had him on surveillance unfortunately that surveillance wasn't happening on the day Penny was attacked because the cops were busy handling other crimes so the violent sexual offender wasn't being watched when this woman was attacked. Let's just go after this other guy who, he does have problems with women. Yeah, but I feel like it would be like the first would be violent. like, well,
1: this guy that we don't trust enough that we've been tailing like, yeah. wasn't being tailed at this one moment where something violent happened to a woman. So like, this hmm. was
0: basically the typical police department's not talking or listening to other departments because I think But they right. did mention, they did mention, but... You know how this is, like especially back then, other departments they don't listen to each other. This is county and city, so.
1: Right, they're just the like going to think you. they're
0: better and yeah. Yeah,
1: but they did. They did reach out and say, "Hey, by the way, yeah. This guy wasn't being tailed at that moment." Yeah. So, hey.
0: All right, so a little bit of the timeline, Penny is attacked at approximately 3:50 p.m. and Steven is arrested at 11:45 p.m. that same day every minute of his time is accounted for through eyewitnesses and receipts and yet the cops still think he's guilty it's kind of crazy but she says she remembers his face clearly and it's like a photograph in her memory and besides she's a pillar of the community and he's trash so everyone is just gonna hang on every word of hers yeah they were really and i don't mean to sound bad to her she went through a horrific attack I can relate to that your brain's a complete mess after going through something like that
1: right you're just thinking about getting out of it alive Mm -hmm. and
0: that is your only concern
1: exactly and I mean they like I said they did have similarities and I mean they did seem like a very upstanding family so why would you not just you know take word for word that like she knows what the hell happened
0: yeah at the age of 23, Steven is found guilty of sexual assault, attempted murder, and false imprisonment, and is sentenced to 32 years in prison. So the jury really took this case seriously.
1: Meanwhile, there are rapists out there getting out after like
0: a year or two. Or right away get sentenced to just probation.
1: Yeah. Can we, like, let's not get started on that because I will fucking flip this table. But
0: good on them. good on this jury for you know. Yeah,
1: taking it seriously. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, this dude is innocent. In Wisconsin, if you don't admit your guilt you don't get parole. Which, if you're not even guilty to begin with is fucked up. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a solid game plan. So, poor Lori is now left alone with five small kids to take care of by herself. And I don't like that they showed the letters that she had sent to him in prison like how she was going to kill her kids and stuff I don't think that's necessary
1: I'm just going to go out and say like I only have two children yes but like I cannot fault that woman okay I really can't she's struggling she was struggling she had very small children five of them I only have two and if I'm like alone with them for like 24 48 hours in my mind I'm already thinking I'm gonna snap
0: yeah these kids were at least under the age of 10 Like, Like, yeah,
1: I just I I really I can't falter. And he was just as like fucked up in his letters back to her. So I really do think it was just like a very like unhealthy. Yeah, it was
0: very toxic. Yeah, Um, it got so bad for her that three years later, she files for divorce. In 1986 to 1994, Stephen appeals his conviction to the Wisconsin Supreme Court and is denied every time. After this... In 1994, Stephen Glynn and Robert Hennick agreed to reexamine Stephen's case after his parents reached out to them. Their course of action was to find new evidence they could present to the courts. So at this point, it's been almost a decade and they're having to not only find evidence but find fucking evidence boxes to be able to look through. Lucky for them, they find nail clippings from the sexual assault kit that hadn't been tested for DNA because that wasn't a thing in the 80s. March 1996, they get the results back and it shows alleles that match Stephen, Penny, and an unknown person. This was like the best they could do at that time.
1: Alright, it was the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: alleles are basically different categories and each person has two alleles. Stephen and Penny each had 9 and 11, so you can't necessarily rule Steven out, but they found 8, 9, and 11 on the fingernail scraping. So clearly... Eight she had scratched it come from somebody. somebody else they add this evidence along with the eye color being different than what penny described steven's alibi and that the perpetrator wore white underwear which and he s-
1: didn't own any underwear <laughs> yeah. which i like that moment
0: just, yeah. <laughs> how do you
1: not own a single pair of underpants yeah he
0: not only didn't wear underwear but apparently didn't even own underwear and they added all this to create po- probable cause to overturn the conviction. The court rules against them for this because they couldn't rule out the DNA coming from like her own husband or a medical personnel or even the couple that found her. Which yeah, that would be a lot to test. Yeah, I mean and and even I- tracking down those people <sighs> to be able to test them. It, it makes sense. You can, Well, especially now with like touch DNA and there was that, uh, there was not one case, was it on Wine and Crime, where the victim had DNA from this guy and they were sending him to prison for like murdering this guy and then it turns out that they had been at the hospital at the same time together and it could have somehow came from that. Dude, I just like, as we speak, I am like shedding <laughs> layers of sunburn. my skin
1: from my sunburn <laughs> onto your floor. Please like, do disappear. <laughs> seriously if i turn up dead heather you're number one suspect
0: (laughs) my skin is on your floor we had a podcast together (laughs) it's just
1: it's i mean i lose hair like crazy it's just (laughs) like
0: but i understand i understand where the court's coming from so he continues to sit in prison and wait until 2001 when the wisconsin innocent projects agrees to take on the case at this point, DNA technology is really advanced, so they send off a pubic hair to be tested and receive a full DNA profile, which didn't belong to Stephen. But can we,
1: like, um, how amazing was it that there were, like, 12 pubic hairs, and, like, two, two of them had roots, had roots. And one was one hers. One was hers, and one was the suspect. I would hate like, that job.
0: Here's a pile of pubes to go through.
1: <laughs> find out which ones have roots.
0: And you sneeze, and they all—oh god! <laughs> You're like crawling around <laughs> on the floor, picking up pubic hairs. I feel like that would. Did you lose your glasses? No, I dropped the pubes. <laughs> so instead, they received a hit in the state crime laboratory data bank on Gregory Allen. So, ding, ding. September 11, 2003. Steven is released from prison. This does nothing for Gregory Allen because, shocker, he was already in prison when Stephen was released. He committed another rape that sent him for 60 years and when they were showing the notes the police had on him from doing their surveillance, it stated that he was wearing a black leather jacket. You know, what Penny had noted the assailant wearing.
1: Clearly, he
0: has an attire for his attacks. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, if these grown men would have just stopped being asshole and talk to the city cops they would have been able to arrest the right guy and a report from the state's justice department clears manitowoc of any wrongdoing which is insane so
1: not to mention the fact that like if they had communicated and made a point to find the correct perpetrator a woman wouldn't have been violently raped in her own home while her child slept and not have to like Worried that her kid was going to find her dead like that's fucking horrifying yeah. and they really fucked over that lady
0: after that is when steven decides to file the lawsuit and basically becomes a celebrity in the criminal justice system and all of this was just the first episode
1: <laughs> it, was, it was long
0: <laughs> it was, yeah it was a lot second episode is basically just shitting all over Manitowoc County and how they fucked up so bad
1: I'm here for it though I loved it
0: it was like that I was like I don't really want to get into it it was literally so much dude their depositions
1: though they were so like squirrely they were squirming in their seats and like
0: I just (sighs) I'm sure you could figure out by now they suck
1: They really. it was just
0: a whole bunch of hey do you remember saying this (laughs) and every single they're like I don't recall no which I can't understand it was like 20 years or 15 years ago whatever it was I can understand like being. but then we're just like when they're they're like well
1: it's here in the files and they're just like I mean if it says says that (laughs) I mean I don't recall saying it but I suppose that's right actually I'm like this accents totally not Wisconsin sorry
0: I apologize and it is my favorite accent. Like the Wisconsin Minneapolis, like oh, yeah. or Minnesota. Well it's is my just my favorite so much snow. <sighs> so he settles back into life, finds a girlfriend named Jody and goes to work at the family's scrapyard. Things seem to be going pretty well until around two thousand and four when Jody is arrested for drunk driving. Which in fairness it's Wisconsin. I feel like there's not really you a lot to drunk. do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you drive drunk. You go to the bar, you go home.
1: And you drive drunk in ice and snow. <laughs> yes. And they still drive better than Texans.
0: Yeah, so during October 2005 is when all the county people are being disposed for the lawsuit. And on the afternoon of October 31st, 2005, 25-year-old Teresa Hallbach is last seen in Manitowoc County. She was a photographer, and her last alleged appointment was with Stephen Avery at his home near the Savage Yard. Savage Yard. Savage. It yard. was very savage, though. Savage. <laughs> Salvage yard. She had a meeting with him to photograph his sister's minivan that he was putting up for sale on Auto Trader. I used to love getting those thick-ass magazines. God, just they were the at best. Them. Looking through them. Oh mm-hmm. man,
1: I just gotta say, like my first car was not what I imagined in Auto Trader. <laughs>
0: On November 5th, they locate her RAF4 at the Avery Salvage Yard, and Steven immediately brings up that the county may be trying to plan evidence on him. Like, just immediately, he says it. He's like, it's a frame job! Yeah. Nobody said anything. You didn't have to bring that up. Manitowoc basically hands the case over to another county, Calumet, which is where I've been, for them to investigate. Law enforcement conduct an eight-day search, which that really doesn't seem unreasonable. It's a huge area to go through. Did you say like 40 fucking acres? Not to mention it's all the houses on there they have to search too. Yeah, because there's like,
1: what, like six or something? Like so yeah. many
0: mobile homes. And then there's also like garages that are off of the house. And yeah, it's a lot to go through. I there was a lot in the houses. Like all those cars that, you know, you have to just do a cursory glance to see if there's a body over here or something just any evidence it it's such a big area there's a lot of clutter the family made it seem like it shouldn't take them this long and i'm like it's a huge area Dude, you could have called
1: in all the patrolmen in like wisconsin and had them going through it and it still would have taken eight days
0: it yeah it doesn't seem unreasonable Meanwhile, Stephen is talking about how he's been railroaded before by the sheriff, which...
1: Yeah, I'll that. you were
0: not a completely innocent person, though.
1: No, he's not. He wasn't that one crime. But he had a record before
0: that case.
1: It's. I mean, people have prejudices. I I, mean, but
0: I was just like, chill out. You're not an angel. You burn a cat once. And then listening so to him just annoys me because it's just me, 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 me. When... Their cops are there because it was the last known location of someone who's missing. Just let them search. He, it, I think it would have been better if he had been more concerned that they find her alive, or you know, I really hope they find her. I, right, her family's like, probably. But it was just, oh, they're just here because they're out to get me. So, no, <laughs> yeah, maybe he needed PR to help him out. Show <laughs> some
1: fucking sympathy, <laughs> then, yeah, bro.
0: It was just frustrating. November 8th, they find pieces of bone and teeth on the property. Someone tried to burn the body, which we know that doesn't work. You can't just burn a body. There's always going to be...
1: Even when you cremate, there are still pieces.
0: You got to smash that. Hate to tell you, but they smash grandma's bones up and put it in the urn. How do you think it fits in an urn?
1: Yeah, it's not just because they burn it and it just turns to like little like (laughs) ash pieces. Like no they have to crush
0: it. That's why it looks like kitty litter. We were on a family vacation one time. We went to the Palo Duro Canyon and we were looking over and there was like weird stuff on the ground. We thought it was cat litter. We are stepping in and kicking it. My dad looks over the ledge and he just sees something shiny and he was like uh girls better get out of Bob. (laughs) That was the Bob story we had. We're just playing in somebody's ashes because <laughs> it looks like kitty litter.
1: <laughs> That's why I'm like very against people just like spreading ashes and yeah. in and places like I just, no one wants to br- like, no one wants to breathe in someone else's <laughs> relative.
0: Like the big Lebowski. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he just throws it in his face. <laughs> Anyway, let's get back to the serious topic. They find a key in Stephen's bedroom that fits in Teresa's RAV4. The key had his DNA on it, and they found his blood oh, we, in her we vehicle. Oh, we glossed over the finding of the RAV4. Uh, I had that later, because oh. that's when they have it. The timeline on this is really weird. They yeah. like to go back and forth a lot, and it's so confusing. Yeah. I think that's going to be the next episode is when they end up. So... Yeah, they find the key. It's got his DNA. They find his blood in her vehicle. But he insists that they somehow planted a key that had his DNA on it into his house. And the blood that they took when they booked him in was just splashed in her car, I guess.
1: Well, it was, like, smudged in, like, weird places. But my question is, like, when they arrested him that night, did he have any wounds? Like, where was he bleeding from? They
0: talked about he had that one cut. Oh, okay. they reference that picture a lot he had that really deep cut on his hand I must have drummed out during yeah that I moment. don't remember them mentioning it but I remember seeing a picture of it like later on I think during all the court stuff okay so at least makes sense that there would be like smudges of blood in her yeah. vehicle so episode three after the arrest the lawsuit against the county is of course done because he has to focus on now he's been arrested again this is when he really ramps up on the I'm innocent, clearly. They just pinned this on me so they wouldn't have to pay me any money, which you're so right. They found her dead, brought her body to your property, burned it, and then somehow got some of your sweat and then planted it on the key and then left it in your bedroom. Release him. He's clearly innocent. I'm not going to lie, though.
1: Watching Making a Murderer the first time, I was like, fuck yeah, those popos did it. <laughs> This seems like a lot to do, though. That's too much work. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's a lot. I, you can barely get the cops to, like, show up yeah, during, you know, a dangerous situation. But you really think
0: that they're going to, like... It's also, it's not like big city where there's tons of officers and this is just a small little county. Which does make it plausible that they could all keep a fucking secret. I don't know, though, because then they involve other departments later on. Like, they have the FBI in on some of this. I just, uh, part of me is like. I don't know how a whole department and then other people. Hey,
1: man, it was a Criminal Minds episode, okay? They did it. <laughs> and I feel like if they did it, then maybe Wisconsin too.
0: <laughs> it's just a lot of people that have to shut up. It, I don't see that happening.
1: Yeah. Once you get more than two people involved in a
0: cover-up, it's just very slim chance it's yeah. going to fucking last. That's why they say two could keep a secret if one of them's dead. Any more than that, it's, no. I'd hide a body for you. Thanks. What if it's your body?
1: Whoa, bro. <laughs> Whoa. Rubbing off some of my skin cells.
0: <laughs> no, I need you. You're my partner for this. December 6, 2005, preliminary hearing. The judge finds that there's enough evidence to go forward with the trial and he's held on a $500,000 bond, which, that seems kind of extreme. There's actually more evidence in this trial
1: than there was in
0: the rape trial. And I don't like the Manitowoc deputies showing up for the hearing when they're not supposed to be involved in any of this. Yeah. Like, like, just stay the fuck away if you don't need to testify. not your case. You're just adding to the conspiracy theories. And then these fucking reporters are like, ma'am, do you think your son is guilty? <laughs> like
1: the reporters are the best <laughs>
0: they always ask dumb ass questions
1: that one producer's like murder is really in right now it's a big, it's a big deal like,
0: I felt like they were showing like Dateline and all this other stuff so it would take the heat off them when they're doing the same thing oh yeah but like, murder is really big right now <laughs> that's why we still talk about Jack the Ripper and all that but it's big now it's always been big
1: but i would like to point out lady it's not what
0: the crowd wants (laughs) uh his parents tell him they'll be put the business up for collateral collateral and his response is that should have been put up a long time ago like fuck you dude yeah like that's that's pretty fucked your parents are old they're already dealing with enough as it is and then he starts threatening suicide
1: and I just love his little mama being like, "Now don't be talking crazy
0: now." Oh, I love his. Oh, I forgot to mention that she. I got the alert. Was it yesterday that she had passed? I was like, oh, she was so sweet. She really was.
1: She was. She was a good woman. Yeah, she just raised an asshole.
0: It's gonna happen yeah, the threatening suicide and all that, making them feel bad. At least OJ said he wanted to be found not guilty, so he could go out and find the real killers. He is just not doing any of that. No, and then, it's like,
1: oh, woe is me. And yeah, like.
0: it's always me, me, me with him. It's obnoxious. And then the uh, producers are interviewing a bunch of people at a bar, which is the dumbest idea. Have you been drinking? Good. How do you feel about this case? Well, let's like, get you on
1: camera. <laughs> I feel like it was
0: like when they were interviewing people
1: during the election, and they were like Why in a you bowling, bowling alley, to a drunk
0: hard to interview people. <laughs> At this point, the county settles the civil lawsuit and awards Stephen two hundred forty thousand dollars after all the attorney costs. This adds up to about. Uh, for each year he was locked up.
1: Which is fucked. I do have to say that I think he deserved $36 million. Because 18 years is a long motherfucking time. You have to raise a child in that time. Yeah,
0: He missed out on five kids. One of his previous attorneys puts him into contact with defense lawyers, Dean Strang and Jerry Buting to represent him. Which... I'm just going to come
1: out right now and
0: say that,
1: like, mad crush. Mad crush. Love those guys.
0: (laughs) These new guys are like, we're going to find out that these detectives planted his DNA at the scene, and the cops are going to straight up like, how could we even do that? And the documentary leaves out that they found DNA from his sweat. Like, how do you plant that? He was real sweaty okay <laughs> I think you would notice somebody uh-huh. following you around just like trying to collect your sweat
1: I don't know man Halloween Town like with the ghost they got that guy's sweat
0: <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> so March 1st law enforcement call their first press conference call their first press conference since November where they announced that they have arrested 16 year old Brandon Dassey in connection with the case who is Steven's nephew. 10 minutes before this his sister Barb is all about defending her brother and now she's completely turned around on that and tells Stephen he can rot in hell. March 2nd they announced that on the 31st of October this was the timeline that they got from Brandon. Brandon comes home from school and after grabbing the mail walks over to Uncle Stephen's house to hand him his mail because I guess they got some of his mail in the box. And again, all these houses are like on the same property so it's real easy to just walk over. And, you know, if you're walking by a house and you have their mail you'll just stop and just give it to them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't do that to my neighbors, but like...
0: Well, no, I'll put it in their box. Uh I'll at least do that. As he approaches Steven's trailer, he hears screams for help, and continues walking to the trailer and knocks on the door. Nonchalant, yeah, like right, no biggie. Sweaty, half-dressed Steven opens the door. Let me
1: emphasize, he was
0: sweaty. The prosecutor loves to mention that he was sweaty. He's very sweaty. Steven lets Brandon in, and they walk to Steven's bedroom where they find Teresa naked and chained up on Stephen's bed. A story's ridiculous.
1: (laughs) I just, I have to say, like, I will share a lot in life with my nephews, but I cannot say that I would ever consider sharing
0: the rape of a woman I've kidnapped. The biggest problem I had was a 16-year-old here coming from a house, and he still proceeds to not only go up to the house, but walk into it.
1: And go to the back bedroom. (laughs) That's a fucking horror movie. I don't
0: buy that.
1: No. Uh, You go home and you call the police and you're like, hey, I'm really worried because there's screams coming from this (laughs) house.
0: At this point, Steven invites Brandon to sexually assault Teresa and then cut her throat. But she isn't dead, so they choke her and then drag her out to the burn pit and shoot her twice. So then... Barb calls Steven and asks, what the fuck is going on? Because her son would have never done something like this. And typical... No,
1: and you don't just, like, invite someone to a
0: murder if you don't have any <laughs> idea if they're down for murder. Just don't answer the door.
1: <laughs> what the fuck?
0: And, of course, typical Steve, his response is, well, what about me? Like, Oh, my God. He is...
1: 16 years old they literally took him out of his high school without his mother yeah
0: you i would immediately be like why are they even talking to this kid where were you
1: yeah didn't have his mother there grilled him for hours this poor kid's like do you think i'm gonna be back for like
0: i'll get to that you know that was my favorite part
1: (laughs) no no but before that in the interview he's like do you think i'll get back to school by like one something and they're like what's happening at like 120 or whatever and he's like well i got a presentation due in six six hour or whatever like that poor kid he was
0: a child yeah five days after brendan is arrested jody is released after serving seven months March 17th, pre-trial for Stephen. they add three new charges of sexual assault, false imprisonment, and kidnapping based on the statements from Brendan, and increase his bail to $750,000, cause you know he could afford the five hundred. dollars <laughs> what's the point of raising it? When we find out that Brendan gave his first statement four months earlier, the day after the RAV4 was found. When he told him that he had had no contact with Teresa, had no knowledge about anything that had happened.
1: He played PlayStation all day until his
0: mom came home. After this, they tried going after Jody when she was still in jail. And she refused to have any more contact with them. So that's when they went back to Brandon and got that other statement. Brennan has a low IQ and was interviewed without parental consent. They even pulled him out of class to question him alone, which I am shocked the school allowed this.
1: I would be fucking livid. Not only, like, is he, you know, he's a slow learner and he's in... You know a mix of like regular classes but also in special education classes and as a mom to a child in like special education type situation like it just fucking kills me
0: i don't understand they, why the school went along with this
1: yeah like they should have known better they are supposed to protect them when you are not there and they totally fucking failed him like sure officers go ahead and just take this 16 year old boy Mm -hmm. who
0: like is clearly easily led yeah they ended up questioning him several times without a parent or lawyer present Back to the March 1st interview, they're leading him in the questioning and straight up just shaping his testimony. Yeah,
1: like, what happened to her head? Yeah. What'd you do to her head? They're the
0: ones who bring up she'd been shot in the head. He not literally, him.
1: he couldn't come up with the whole shot in the head. Yeah. And he's like, we cut her hair. We cut her throat. And they're like, and I don't, I'm just going to be straight with you.
0: Which one of you shot her? I don't know if they... They realize what they're doing or if they
1: totally realize how can you not look at this child and like how does it not hit you that maybe he's not
0: some brilliant 16 year old like he's a child like he's just oh. and Brendan clearly has no idea what's happening because yeah he asks how much longer it's gonna be he's gonna turn in this project and even when they straight up tell him he's going to be arrested, he's still wondering if he's going to be able to go home soon. It's so fucked up. He's and like a little kid. Once he's alone with his mom is when he realizes the severity of the situation. Yeah,
1: he literally says, they got to my
0: head. Yeah. Episode four, Brennan's mom has to find another attorney for her son because the previous one was second cousins with Teresa, which, yeah, this is How just How do you not know that? Town. I don't know.
1: Like, how do you, You're like, oh, I'll take the case. And then you're just like, oh, shit. Actually, she's my second cousin.
0: Well, who brings it up? How do you know who your second cousin is? Do you? I mean, I have
1: a big fucking family. So I'm probably like,
0: <laughs> I have a small family and I don't
1: know. <laughs> I got second cousins everywhere.
0: <laughs> uh, Brennan's only concern is to get out of jail so he can watch WrestleMania, which you know I can totally get behind. I, I love wrestling. In case you're wondering, the main event match was John Cena versus Triple H. So it's that was a big deal to miss.
1: Oh, and his his mom being like, "Well, your dad's taping it." (laughs) He's like, "But when am I going to get to watch it?" Yeah,
0: John Cena won. I think it was his second win. That's a big deal. It was a big deal. Those are two big people. Anyway. Uh, Len Kaczynski is assigned to represent him, and he looks like a total fucking nerd. Like, if he had books, I'd smack him out of his hand. I fucking hate this man. He ends up being a piece of shit. He is the biggest piece of shit. At this point, the family is completely split. Um, obviously Steven's sister fucking hates him, and even his brother Chuck thinks he did it. His parents are doing everything they can to get him out and just totally ignoring poor Brendan, who got mixed up in all of this. He's a child. Yeah. March 31st, Stephen is interviewed by Associated Press and states that his nephew isn't very smart. Of course, the media takes this and twists it as a threat to Brendan that if he decides to testify against Stephen.
1: Which I'm just like sitting there like, no, bro. He's not that
0: smart. It's so laughable because clearly this kid isn't at the top of the charts. It's ridiculous.
1: No, I guarantee, like, he basically has the mentality
0: of my seven-year-old. He doesn't even know what inconsistent means. His mom
1: didn't either.
0: (laughs) She had other things on her plate. Uh, They do testing for him, and his IQ is at 73, and the court still decides that he wasn't coerced in his confession. His attorney's private investigator talks to Brendan on May twelfth. I wanted to happy birthday murder to murder that man. <laughs> I, was I just like oh, happy birthday.
1: <laughs> Damn it, Heather! We can't talk about your birthday. <laughs> we gotta talk about how much this man fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> God, he's I such a dick.
0: <laughs> this is where Brendan writes out another story about what happened that day, and this sounds way more believable. He came home from school that day at 3.45, went to his mom's house to play PlayStation. He then watched TV for 30 minutes and got a phone call from his brother's boss and then at 7 received another phone call, this time from Steven asking him to come to the bonfire, which he called a bomb fire. This story sounds believable, but this dude is just such an He's asshole. He's like, why are
1: you lying? I can't help you if you're lying. Keeps, you have to tell the truth.
0: He tell, he the truth tell the truth. He keeps pushing him to admit guilt. Draw a picture of you stabbing her. So he draws this picture and even labels the person figure Teresha? <laughs> Doesn't know how to spell her name. He's no idea what's going on. It's,
1: He's basically, I'm, I'm telling you, like, he is a small child. It's so frustrating. And then the, the fucking investigator being like, Now, draw a picture of you raping her. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, bro. Like, we don't need (laughs) pictures, even if
0: it's true. That's, yeah, these are just also shitty. He's a
1: fucked up individual.
0: This attorney automatically assumes this kid's guilty, and the best course of action is to get him to testify against Steven, which do your job and actually try to defend him. During this meeting, the investigator that's working
1: for his attorney, who should be working for him, yeah. literally calls the detectives and is like he wants to meet with you. Like he's given his his yes. testimony or whatever and he's like ready to talk and bo- like no why fucking is the you defense pushed team him? working with why? cops. yeah, why are they working with the cops?
0: So the cops are able to interview him yet again without his lawyer or his mom and argue with him that his story just isn't making sense. And again, lead him to say whatever they want, which, yeah, story's not making sense because he's just making it up.
1: He's literally just following along with what you want him to
0: say. Yeah. And his attorney wasn't present, which what the fuck? Shittiest attorney he even ever. he meet his attorney yet at this point? I don't think he'd even like met him
1: um i think he may have like once or something i he was like talking on his the phone with his mom about like what does my attorney look like yeah. does he have glasses like i just ugh. shittiest attorney attorney like i'm thinking about like meme where like it's him and it's like go to court for a divorce end up with a death penalty because yeah like, literally dude
0: fucking sucks During a phone call between Brendan and his mom, we found out that his mom came home at 5 that day and Brendan was home. So how could he have possibly tortured and murdered her from 3.45 to 5 o'clock? All of this shit that the cops supposedly say they did and it somehow happened in that amount of time? Like, There's no way for it to happen before 5 o'clock.
1: You can't even burn a body in that amount of time. No.
0: Jody finds a phone bill and discovers that on the day of the murder, Stephen called her at jail at 536, and they talked for 15 minutes, and he seemed normal, which I don't know. I don't consider that a smoking gun. How many times have we seen husbands on the news, like, talking during press conferences, and they seem fine, and then, like, a week later, they're arrested?
1: I would like to point out that Teresa's own brother, during an interview, was talking about like, how, like, grieving and all this other stuff before they even found her car
0: yeah. or her bones. Like, people get fucking
1: twisted.
0: So we're talking to the Avery's attorney's investigator, and he has a problem with the cops saying they only found Steven's DNA on the key, which, why are they... Does that matter? Do they even check for her DNA to begin with? They say they only really looked for his... And then they were talking about, like, he might have been wearing gloves, so how could he be bleeding everywhere if he's wearing gloves, which, I don't think they know how blood works. It can go through fabric.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As I mean, women, just,
0: we know yeah, <laughs> blood can uh, just very well go through fabric.
1: Yeah, it's not, like, some kind of impenetrable layer, like, <laughs> I
0: mean it's like he's wearing gloves he couldn't bleed through it i was like do you my think period. he's wearing
1: <laughs> rubber gloves like i doubt he's wearing rubber gloves
0: so yeah again even if the police planted all of this they found her remains on the property so are they saying that the cops found her body burned it and then just spread it into a burn pile yeah, like- already on the property I think, can we also just take a shot every time Brennan said, yeah? Because that's basically his only response to everything. Anytime they ask him a question. (laughs) The judge decides to exclude Manitowoc County from any involvement in Stephen's upcoming trial. And the trial is going to be held in Calumet County, which that's a good decision.
1: Yeah, but get it out of the area.
0: At this point, Barb finally figures out that Brennan's attorney thinks he's guilty and is trying to talk to him into pleading guilty, which he's such a shithead. And now she believes that Stephen may also be innocent. They try to dismiss the attorney and the judge strikes it down, which Brendan could not speak up for himself in court. No,
1: he couldn't because he again was so nervous. he's like a small child. Yeah. He's just like I mean, he's okay, like and the judge is like, I mean, is that yeah, good he's or like, bad? We get along
0: together, which yeah, they do get along, but
1: But the judge just doesn't, doesn't speak up. Believe in him. Like, Fuck that.
0: Uh, throughout all of this, Jody's arrested a few more times. And then she decides to end it with Steven because she feels like the cops are hassling her because she's with him. No, bro. It's because you're drinking and driving again. Yes. Brennan writes a letter to the judge detailing what happened the day of the murder. It was so sweet. Yeah. What and his
1: judge. Or his judge. His attorney belittling that and calling it dumb yeah, and like then mocking him
0: off by this
1: yeah, he mocked his little like P.S. my mom and I think you're a great judge I think that's fucking adorable and also how does that not show you that he's basically a child mm-hmm.
0: well his attorney thinks that he's just writing this because Steven's gotten to him and doesn't want him to testify which or well, it's maybe because he doesn't innocent. want to go to
1: prison for something he didn't fucking
0: do even Steven's lawyers are understanding that this kid's being completely fucked over by this lawyer. And then the judge finds out that Brennan's attorney allowed him to be interviewed by the cops. And goodbye, lawyer. Yeah.
1: Finally, he comes to a sentence and he's like, you know what? That is not cool. Like, you yeah. should not be doing that.
0: Uh, December of this year, Steven's attorney obtained a court order to examine the 1985 case files. They discover a blood vial might have been tampered with. It's not taped up correctly and there's a small hole in the stopper of the vial. And that's where we'll end this episode of Doc (sighs) to Me. But
1: it's like... (laughs) It's a cliffhanger!
0: (laughs) Next week we'll be back to go over the last half of this part that covers the core cases and the aftermath. Anything else you want to say about what we've gone over so far?
1: I just get so fucking worked up. Like (laughs) this... Like, not for Stephen Avery, but for that poor for
0: Brandon, child. Yes. I don't know how
1: many times I can say child, because he literally he is a, is kid. a small kid. Yeah. He is not mentally 16. No. It just fucking blows my mind that all of these adults are not like,
0: something's not right here. He just wanted to watch WrestleMania.
1: I just, I feel <laughs> so much for him. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it just, it kills me. Because again, like. My seven-year-old is just as, like, you know, naive and easily coerced and yeah. just, ugh. But at least she's seven, and so at this point, like, no fucking detective is going to be like, <laughs> what'd you do to her head? Because my seven-year-old would just be like, I don't, I don't
0: know, like,
1: <laughs> what is it that you want me to say? What should I say?
0: <laughs> nothing
1: fuck the kid needed an attorney <laughs> and a decent one
0: yeah so we'll be back next week to finish this one up so we'll talk to you then <sighs> I gotta go punch something <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>